1: NBA team podcast as we are in the month of December we are finally done with the in-season tournament which was won by the Los Angeles Lakers uh I guess that means they're going to win the title and we don't have to do the rest of the show since they're just won the NBA cup and that's more important than Larry O'Brien <laughs> uh, nah not really uh I'm one of your co-hosts Andrew Reish. I'm joined by Adam Murray uh Adam uh, did you uh do you think they should have a ticker tape parade over at Staples Center or uh, the crypto for uh for the NBA cup
0: no <laughs> no, oh this was, this was your thing so I'll let you
1: I well, was was the get, NBA's thing that they hyped up and they did a good job of hyping it. You know, they had Before
0: you get before TVs. we get into the episode, right. just go into your thoughts of the tournament as a whole.
1: I thought it was fun. I definitely thought it felt momentous for like the teams that made it into Las Vegas, especially Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers, because they were a team that people didn't necessarily think were going to get that far. And the only other thing that's kind of cool about it is that it it's as close as we'll get without actually seeing it in the playoffs because they'll never go to single elimination in the playoffs because it takes money off their table is that the idea of like being able to get knocked out by one loss in, 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 a in an NBA format. is kind of cool.
0: Okay. Um, one thing I'll say, just off the bat, I didn't like, was the stat padding, and then we well, we need to win by 30, and at that point, you already know, like, the game's over. What's the... You're having the starters in, just doing all-star game stuff just to...
1: Yeah. And you can literally see the veterans yelling at the young players if they get a rebound at the end and they don't try to take a shot. It's like, dude, no, we need to take the shot. We need to pad the lead. It, it, they try to do the same thing they do in soccer. The difference in soccer is that, you know, <laughs> there's a big difference between a sport where you can get maybe one goal where in a, you know, in a, where you could have a match where there are no goals. And then. An NBA game where you could potentially win the game by 50 points the way the Mavericks did to the Jazz.
0: It turns into like an NCAA like early season game where it's Duke is playing, you know, the the hairdressing academy. This
1: happened one time with the NFL when the Mike Dick of Saints were like at the very end of their run, and they were getting blown out by the Panthers, if you remember this. And the Packers were trying to make it, and the last tiebreaker that they had set up at the time, this was in 1999, was score differential. So they were all, they were both trying to beat the crap out of their opponent, like to finish up the season. And it, <laughs> it's stupid. They they got rid of it for a reason, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, I could see them modifying that to an extent, but the the whole thing of the in-season tournament, which there there's a couple things besides the point differential. I liked number one, it ended awfully quickly, and it was mm-hmm. just confusing. Okay, this is a regular season game, but now we're going to add this game, and you're going to play the same teams you played before, or just throw in a random game for you. Yeah. It. There was It sort of just, here it is, or the only way you know it's there are different-looking courts. Other than yeah. that, we're not going to do anything. The,
1: the decals are weird. I will say the Las Vegas one for the actual semis and finals look cool. Like, I actually like that one. The lighting was interesting. I think they, to be honest with you, I think they did it because they knew they weren't going to have full seats for the Celtics-Pacer game because it started early. That's my opinion.
0: Well, it, it's all, you, they're, you know, they're trying things. So mm-hmm. i like to see it back again, but with more clarity this time. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, well, it's, a, it's an in-season tournament game. I don't get it. Okay. The ESPN app with... You know, trying it's the greatest thing ever. Everyone loves it. It's like, well, everything I read was everyone's sort of confused by it. People they like it at home, but and like, don't forget the ESPN apps like, well, the XFL is the greatest you know league ever because um, they own They it. tried
1: crossover appeal like they had they had like a celebrity thing with Nelly and TLC. If you saw that um, they they put it almost felt like what the way that Turner and CBS treats the final four. Like but it wasn't on that scale of terms of attendance and fan bases like it didn't like that's my joke about the Lakers winning it. You know, they talk about how, you know, LeBron wants to be at the head of a Las Vegas franchise and such and such, you know, and the NBA is considering expansion because Adam Silver was there fielding questions. I think that what LeBron should just do is just take the Lakers organization and not have a, not relocate. They should just be the neutral site Lakers because it's clear that after the bubble and this, that the neutral site Lakers are the most dangerous team in the NBA.
0: Well, it was obviously LeBron wanted it and it was the the David versus Goliath story and the Pacers were the feel-good story because they, like you said they weren't supposed to be good and Halliburton, Halliburton is, is just yeah. overachieving to to um, he's really just MI, MIP was life. there
1: anyone else there other I mean a lot of people probably just kind of focused on Halliburton because it was sort of like a spectacle but Miles Turner played well uh I thought Buddy Heald showed signs of life at time Aaron Neesmith is a defender now. Like there's some there's some interesting things about the Pacers that if you are an NBA fan and you listen to this show, thank you that that you probably know this already about the Pacers. But if you're a casual and you just tuned in, you wouldn't know anything about them. You know,
0: only us just digging out and digging <laughs> okay, the Deacon's. Okay,
1: so that- Pelicans game was uh, that was the semi with the Lakers. I don't even want to talk about that. They lost by like I don't even know how I think 40 points. It was it was an absolute embarrassment. Absolutely.
0: Fair enough. Now that that is over, we could get into the normal topics. The season is a quarter over. So two things. Okay. Number one, has this been like the season where you care? I don't want to, for lack of better terms, care the least so far. Because there's really been nothing going on. The good teams are sort of the good teams. The West, we as we had said on day one, is just going to be three games apart from being in first to being out of the the, all of everything, but there's no like outside of Halliburton. The season's just, "Eh, it's going
1: right. I'll say this, Adam. I don't feel the same sense that some of these other like seasons have had where you're so intent on seeing what this team's going to look like when they roll them out on the court, because they made a major addition. I know we had major trades, you know, Damon Lillard going to the bucks was enormous. And there's probably another one that I'm missing, but What I feel like this season is, is that what is like what you're saying when it comes to hype as the season begins, because there's so many good teams in the field on both sides, the West and the East, that it feels like you're starting at zero in terms of the hype train. And it just keeps building momentum until we get to April. So I feel like it's just sort of this like very proper buildup of of hype. If that makes sense like this, so that by the time we get to the new year, the all-star break and the trade deadline, which will be the last one where you could dump second rounders and try to, and, and the super teams are going to try to, uh, strengthen one last time. I feel like that's when hype is going to get even, you're not going to feel this way come February. And then you're going to feel even better than you do in February come April. Does that make sense? And, and cause there, there are other years where you just know, you know, you walk in and you know, okay, that team's the best. That team's the best in the West. We're just waiting for them to play each other.
0: You summed it up basically. Of,
1: but you, but it makes sense. When I, I I know I said the long-winded version, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like we have a lot of good teams in the field.
0: I know what you're saying, and we've also, it's been well known the NBA. Nobody cares about it till after Christmas. That's why the tournament, yeah, yeah. So was all the tournament stuff. The tournament stuff sort of made the other games sort of. Uh, I don't want to say less spectacular, but it was just there were games and then there was tournament games. They didn't feel like it was just what color is your court today type thing. Mm -hmm. It was, yes. Anywho, with that (laughs) said, I I want to ask you two quick questions about the beginning of the season. Because the beginning of the season was predicated on one big cog in in the machine. Was Damian Lillard... What are they going to do with them? They're going to do something. And it held up kind of the entire league because, you know, there's a handful of teams that were associated with it. Then the other teams were waiting for those teams to do something. And, you know, the trickle down effect. So with that said. Let's start with the Lillard trade. Do you think Portland made the right deal?
1: Yes, because offensively they are ridiculously good. I know they didn't have a great did, did you see that weird moment there where the Bucks were shooting free throws and Giannis was sort of sulking and Lillard looked at him and goes hey hey you and me you and me like hey let's get let's get it let's uh put it together here and Giannis kind of blew him off did you see that so like just small things like that people will like will microanalyze because of one loss like Adrian Griffin can't coach okay you know he got fooled by a zone one game okay like it, it, I think that the Bucks are going to be fine because they're go, their offense is going to be really ramped up once they get into uh, the playoffs, and that's really what it was about for Giannis: is that can I just have somebody make shots other than me? And that was probably that was one of the holdups that they had every time they got had an early playoff exit. And I think that Lillard being added to the mix and signing in, and and sticking around. That solved that problem, and we just haven't gotten to that point. The other one I totally forgot about when I went on my monologue last time was the Suns with Bradley Beal. We haven't seen him. We haven't seen him. Bradley Beal's been out with back issues. So we that's another to be continued out of the whole offseason talk.
0: Okay, cool. That, <laughs> that was great analysis. The question was, did the Blazers make the right deal?
1: Oh, Jesus. No! They're terrible. they're terrible terrible.
0: but we knew they were gonna be terrible but
1: why are we talking about the blazers they're god awful
0: yes but you have to rebuild somehow and deandre ayton has fallen off a cliff
1: yeah he's he just rebounds and that's it like his efficiency is awful scoot henderson's back wearing goggles looking like a cartoon character shane sharp is good Shane Tripp
0: we knew would be good, and that's mm-hmm. why he was always untouchable and everything. Watching Jamie Jacques Jr. in Miami be really good, and watching DeAndre Ayton be really bad, mm-hmm. that was my question of wouldn't they have— The funny thing about Miami is, yeah, all they, they don't draft the best players. The best players fall to them every time.
1: But it's also culture. I think they would have gotten Ayton to play hard. I think it's I think the scenery is what's making the difference. But you
0: you saw Jock with you saw him in UCLA. You were very high on him.
1: Because he was a hard working player.
0: And so you know? think he wouldn't have fit in in the Chauncey Billups?
1: Yeah, because I think they were too high on him and within the Miami organization. They would have had to trade away somebody else like, um, like Kyler Hero, which was the whole
0: sticky. It, it would have been here. hero. They would have asked for, for him as well. But that yeah. that was just a question is, did Portland make the wrong deal because the talent they got in return, which, of course, you know, they're going to flip Brogdon at the, the trade deadline. But
1: it sounds like what you're asking is, would Miami have been worse had they actually pulled the trigger on the deal?
0: They would have had Lillard, so they would have been better than they are now because they've always, their record always is just middle of the road. Well,
1: that's where they're at now. They're 12 and 10, but they're good. Like, Bam Adebayo has great games. Butler has a good one every once a week. And then he has a couple where he kind of, like, takes it easy. And then there's a really good game out of Duncan Robinson or the aforementioned Amy Hawkins Jr., like somebody like that, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So that was just questions. Just asking that. (laughs) Um, Number two. (laughs) Golden State, did they make the wrong trade?
1: Yes. Chris Paul is trying. He's older. He's got the leg injury. He was trying to do something. I thought he was going to be the sixth man of the year. I thought he was going to be this guy who was going to come in with the second unit and really lift it up. It just turns out offensively, he's not what he, he he's just not very good at all anymore. And
0: well, he's good. I mean,
1: you look at the six man candidates like Cole Anthony, Malik Monk. Uh, Who am I missing? Like there's a couple uh, Austin Reeves. These guys come in and they score like and and, and Chris Paul can't do that anymore. That's the problem. That's one of the problems.
0: That's one of the problems. And also, I don't think he's lost a step. The Warriors team does not fit his style.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're, they're too much motion for him to be, you know, he has to Setting be. Setting
1: screens around. all the time, right? Yes. That's not, that's not
0: his game. So and we've already mentioned with, with Steve Kerr and the young people and then the roster and all that. But it was just they went all in. I get, I understand you had to get rid of Jordan Poole And like we mentioned last episode, it's just very disheartening to watch him blow this as well. Yeah,
1: they, they had a great game in, in LA against the Clippers where Paul George hit a game winner and they pass it off to Draymond green in the coffin corner for a shot. Like what is that? You know, to, to at the buzzer to try to win it, but clay Thompson, he's just not what he used to be. We already know this. I think they can wake themselves up uh, when we get to February, in March, I think they can have a stretch where they just hit a bunch of threes and they go on a run. But at best, and this is why I think Charles Barkley was clowning him, because at best, I don't think they can win an NBA championship this year.
0: Like, do you that, think they that, can go on a run? That takes a big hurt to your prediction, doesn't it?
1: I didn't say the Warriors would win the championship. Didn't you say they're going to go to the finals? No, no. I thought I said I don't. Th- I said Curry would win the MVP. MB- could win the MVP. I I think he still got a shot at thirty five. He's playing great. Talk about Curry. I,
0: I think uh, it, that's all SGA at this point.
1: You think, uh, you think Shea Gilgis, Alexander is going to win the MVP? Uh, his numbers in out a there. In a world sorry. where Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid are putting up ridiculous numbers and Luka Doncic is having 29 point triple doubles in the first half. They don't like, for some reason, story? they don't like Luka. Well, Luka's a baby. Even in that game where he lit up the jazz, he's sitting there talking shit to Chris Dunn like like a like a bully, you know? Um <laughs> I, there was a there was a funny line that came from uh JJ Reddick's podcast where he was interviewing Kristaps Porzingis and they were talking about they were he played briefly for the Mavs and he talked about a time where Kristaps called him out for being a baby and um that I thought that was kind of funny but I I think Jokic even though the, the Nuggets are struggling and Jamal Murray's back you know but they're they've lost 3 in a row and uh they they just look a little bit off um Jokic is taking a lot of shots I
0: know and, I you know I'm just I know it's. I'm always pro Jokic all the time, and his numbers are so. Yeah, but he's shooting
1: poorly right now. Is what it was. What I was getting to.
0: I, I, but Embiid, I don't. No, I would Jokic and Doncic and SGA top three. Okay, Um, okay. But that that detracts. And I'm not anti
1: Shea Gildas Alexander. Shea's incredible. You know, I just I, he's. I think he's on the outside. But he can get in it. He could make another run. OK, speaking now, of your run, what about the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I believe right now have the best record in the league?
0: Uh, you you don't need to say it uh, yet again. I was I had told you, let's just wait till they're all healthy and let's see this team in their full form. But of course, you, you know, that means
1: do you feel like a Nas Reed is an appropriate fit for like, oh, this is their This is the big three lineup they can run out there. Like, do you think he's that kind of player?
0: Nas Reed?
1: Mm -hmm. because a lot of people think that Reed's been like a missing piece in the front court, because if Rudy Gobert's not scoring because he's too busy defending and blocking shots, Reed can come out and make threes and they can play a big lineup.
0: Reed has just been, you can keep that big lineup just going and it keeps pushing you. And if you have Anthony Edwards, keep pushing you and Connolly, who's been wonderful there in the veteran role and still hasn't lost a step. But, of course, mm-hmm. you know towns will get injured by the next episode, most likely.
1: yeah, and so. look at the last three opponents <laughs> they've had, Charlotte, San Antonio, and Memphis, who are Charlotte has signs of life. Lamilla ball had an ankle injury, Terry was filling in and they're not terrible, but they're you know're the hornets and the and the spurs are terrible and the and the Memphis is terrible. We have a lot of I'll say this. We, there's no one absolute dirt worst, but we have three teams, I believe, Adam, that have only won one game one nba game in the in a month that's sad talking about the wizards the pistons and uh
0: no the pistons i thought did not win a game in november
1: uh they beat the wizards
0: they did oh because i got one one it's (laughs) right (laughs) just it's depressing
1: it's sad who's the third team that i'm missing the spurs where they went winless in the month of december or november
0: i don't know it was it's just for all the people which um, one's worse when will be the MVP? When will be Defensive Player of the Year? He's great, and Spurs have an outside chance to make the playoffs. And oh no, no, they're really just terrible.
1: They're, I mean, we talked about how bad they were on the last show. It's not changed. It's like they're just they're bad, and they get blown out. The games are not close. Like the Jazz are kind of like that too. They, when they lose, like against Dallas, the Jazz
0: are just bad. Out. But it's just
1: they're. Well, has unex- got a hamstring injury, and when he's out. You know, you they can't have rely nothing. on John Collins, you know, come on.
0: Um, the weird thing about Utah is Kessler <laughs> hasn't been starting.
1: No, he hasn't. He's been off the bench. and That
0: which has Collins been, uh, and... Omer Yurtseven has been getting the start. And it's just like, are you trying to not be good? I don't.
1: <laughs> it it feels like tanking, doesn't it? You know, it feels like Danny Ainge finally put the clamps in on but the But you tank.
0: can't tank if there are three teams or who are so god-awful.
1: Yeah, well, some people joke like, "Who are you tanking for this year?" You know, because the um, we talked, we we kind of mentioned it, but we'll deep dive into it in the summer. That the the draft class is not high. Like, it's not, it's not, it's the not the really class. class. high, but there's always you can always 100. make trades. Like, you can always figure things out in the at the deadline. And the know? draft
0: isn't that good, but it's better than it's an upgrade off some
1: people. So you're but but the long story short about that is that we have basement teams already in the East and the West. Period. Right above it, and I mean, they are barely clinging on to life as the Chicago Bulls. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, issues going on there. Mainly that Zach Levine said that he has a leg injury and uh, he's going to be out for four to five weeks. But it sounds to me like he is putting himself on the trade block because he's waiting out until the contracts are guaranteed in mid January, and then. Teams can fish around and move around contracts to get Levine on their team, so that that's part of that equation. And here's the ironic part: the Bulls have won four games in a row since Levine stepped out.
0: But who have they played?
1: I know one of those was
0: (laughs) the off again, on again, Uh, off again Raptors and the Pelicans, the Hornets, and the Spurs. So then that negates your argument.
1: Well, the Pelicans aren't terrible. I know I kind of skirted their disastrous performance in Las Vegas, but they did beat the Kings on the road. I think people are just sort of piling on the whole, like, Zion's out of shape thing. Like, they like they, it's almost like they had, like, they live glasses, like Roddy Piper had, and they just, like, took them off, and they realized, oh, my God, Zion is fat. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's out of shape. I mean, we know this. He's he's still an incredible
0: athlete. He's, he's an incredible athlete. He's out of shape. He doesn't. There are people who live, you know, live, eat, sleep, basketball 24-7. He is not one. Yeah. (laughs) There are those who love the sport, love everything about it. Zion is just, I guess, can be one of those super talently gifted people who just doesn't want to do it and doesn't want to buy in. and Kind of a shame.
1: Uh, It is. It is. The thing is about AD is that, I hate to say this, about New Orleans as an organization. If AD had stayed with the Pelicans, it could have been like that. It could have been like that for him because I I believe AD is one of those players who I don't know how much he really, really loves playing because he gets hurt a lot. But if you have a leader like this pushing him, then you get the best out of him, you know?
0: Yeah, you can all like the same thing with Dennis Rodman of, you know, whoever he was around, that sort of, of Jordan made him. Want to be the greatest? All of a sudden, he goes to Dallas, and for that one season, do you feel like the
1: Bulls are making a push a little bit? Like DeRozan's playing well, Kobe White's playing well. Do you think they're kind of making this last gasp to show, hey, we're not dead yet? You know, I know we're no, uh...
0: because DeRozan knows he's going to be not re-signed by the franchise. Levine, Levine, he's in the. I'm tired of the trade talks. I've been had them all my life in Minnesota, and everything. A
1: tradable contract.
0: He's untradable, but he's actually no. He decent. is a
1: tradable contract. He's full no. Free. I
0: thought he's untradeable because he's actually still valuable to the team. Oh, agreed. I agree that I agree with you let let on that him one. Go
1: yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that one.
0: After what you gave, him. so I think it's we we're just playing together to help our value because. Mm-hmm. I don't expect to see this lineup in February. One of those is going to have to go because there's no point of keeping them. Well, if
1: you do the Levine deal, it's a blow them up. That's the other part. Like you, because of the fact that he's on not super max, but he's, he's a shade below it. But with that deal, you, yeah, you got to really throw a lot of stuff in there to make the, make it worth the while for, for the bulls like above them. Like the Raptors are in the same record. And they're okay. The Hawks they're offensively. They're great. But Trey young just, bothers me like there are some games where i watch him and i'm like are you really sure that ice tray is this really clutch player because i see him lose a lot of games down the stretch down the stretch you know the nets are kind of like winning a few in a row uh did you see the game where mikhail bridges absolutely lit up the orlando magic like a christmas tree in the first quarter he scored like 26 points
0: yes but then they fell apart as they did and i don't want to say well ben ben simmons has been good
1: he has a hip injury so
0: he's out but, yeah. And, yeah, he's been getting, like, what is it, shots? And, or I forget mm-hmm. what type of shots. And it's just like, oh, no, those are serious shots that you don't get just for, you don't want to do think it.
1: I think it was an epidural. Well, yeah. Yeah. Those That's the stuff they not, give when you're about to have a baby.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's in a lot of pain if he's getting those.
1: Right. True. They're, they're they need alive. a point
0: guard. They need a point Knicks, guard. And Knicks if they can. Nitty? They need a real point guard.
1: <laughs> the, the Knicks are on the other side of New York. Like. They're, they're good. They, they the have Knicks,
0: a I mean the Nets. Just quickly, imagine if they got Malcolm Brogdon.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, he's just sitting there in Portland
0: doing nothing. But he would fit that team. Mm-hmm. He would complement that team well, I think.
1: I thought that comeback win against the Heat was inspiring. I thought they looked good in that one. You know, it oh, showed some yeah. signs of life. They had the game against the Bucks in the quarterfinal, and Julius Randle played great, even though they lost the game. So there's there's moments there where it's like, yeah, you know, like the Knicks are a winning team and I can see why the Cavaliers finally kind of awoke from their issues. Like now Don Mitchell and Darius Garland are playing really well together. Mobley's out with an injury, but they're still playing well inside. And I I don't want to say that the Cavaliers are like they're back at it because they're only a six seed right now. They're 13 and nine because they really struggled early. But I do think that the Cavs have sort of found something that they had last year where they were just really looking good early in the season. We talked a lot about the Pacers and then those, you know, uh, the magic is the real surprise up there at 15 and seven, but you know, it, it, we already talked about them before on previous shows. It's the defense. It's Paulo. It's Franz Wagner. It's a good bench. Um,
0: you have also said you had gone on record, saying they're going to be top four seeds. So I, I've I just did. been
1: pleasantly holding- surprised.
0: Well, no, I've just been holding that back, waiting for th- things to come through. And
1: what about obvious... the Celtics? I mean the Celtics and the Sixers, I think they even played each other since we last talked. Um, um, yeah, the Celtics won that game. But like what do you think of how they those two have been? The two the I I kind of call them two of the big three in right now in, in the east.
0: The Celtics, I well, there's no point in me even talking about them because we mentioned you know, I keep we had blah. I had said it in the preview, and it stands right. And everyone, every Celtics fan knows it. If Porzingis gets hurt and he's out, or he takes a night off, or there's tightness in his legs, it's a different team, and they're not as good.
1: They're good with Derek White, though, when they have to lean on him a little bit. He's better than I thought. Without I thought Porzingis, this team man, can't but... do
0: it. The team can't get to the next level
1: because they don't have the inside presence, is what it is. Um, and then for the uh, the Sixers, hey, uh, you'll never believe this. Uh, Joel Embiid had a fifty point game. <laughs> it was against the Wizards, but he had a 15.13 rebound game. I mean, I feel like I say that all the time. They they did give out the player of the month, and um, you actually, I was actually kind of surprised, you know, Jokic got it in the West. It was actually Jason Tatum who got it in, in for, uh, in the East, on the East side. Like, do you think Jason Tatum's in the MVP talk still? No. No? Like, some people, said, like, if you look at the odds, he's like third or fourth right now.
0: No. Jokic, it has to be, like, plus 200 at the most right now. Yeah, for, Luka, if, you're
1: going, if you're going off a of PER, which has been a great indicator of MVP over the last, like, seven or eight years, I think it's Jokic and Embiid. I think that's the two people. Or Doncic. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Luca. Uh, we had just Beginning of this episode, we said it would be it was Luca. I mean, and, and,
1: and yeah, v. Jokic, yeah, <laughs> yeah, those three, and then
0: Sha and Alexander is probably fourth, most likely mm. in there. Those I mean, are... we've
1: had some great individual, performances.
0: but as we know, the the odds mean nothing because beginning of the year, Jaden Daniels wasn't in any Heisman talk, and then all of a sudden he puts up video game numbers.
1: Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: like video game numbers, it depends on where you do the video game numbers. Like I always say this about Shaq in two thousand. The thing that was even more impressive about what Shaq did that year when he won MVP and he was in shape and everything, because they even brought that up when um, Shaq had his talking point about Zion, um, when they talked about how he just looked a little out of shape. And Shaq was like, yeah, that was me. I used to be that way. Is that he was doing that in an era where scoring was down, way down. Nobody was even scoring 100 points a game at the time. And he was he was averaging like 30 and 30 and 15 or some crazy number like that. The thing about the NBA is that I feel like because of all the scoring exploding versus college football is that everybody gets video game numbers like these things. Like when when Luka Doncic has a twenty nine point triple double, I'm not even surprised anymore. like well, that's the problem saw, with that. We saw a 60 point triple double last year, but from Luka Doncic,
0: the problem with that was also the tournament games and then the you need to score in pad stats and win by 40 and because i remember like after the Celtics beat the Bulls you're like oh this has to be then billie I go, no it was a tournament game they they had to win by 30
1: the reason i bring that up is in college football it depends on where you're at if you're in the big 12 yes you're going to have ridiculous numbers if you're in the sec that's not a guarantee it's not a guarantee you're going to absolutely explode on offense so when you have a player like a jaden daniels who has like 5000 yards of offense yes like that stands out like a sore thumb just
0: a just a quick aside about that like i had texted him like did you know he was 22nd in all of college football and rushing
1: I had a thousand yards rushing. I it's know. like,
0: that's Four insane seconds. for a QB against sec defenses.
1: You know what I've come to realize in football? I know this is like the biggest no dull of all time. Running the ball is not important anymore. <laughs> it's not, I was looking at NFL stats and I was just like, okay, like I know none of these running backs and none of them make an impact on their team. And then I'm looking at the Doak Walker winners and it's like, yeah, Ollie Gordon and Omari in Hampton and Cody straight. Like who are these people? Like they do not make an, in- like is running the ball important? Yes, it is. But like, I feel like defense is, I think defense is number one and quarterback is number two in the, in, in football. Is that, is that, would you agree or do you think it's the other way around?
0: No. Quarterback is uh, outside of quarterback defense. No, because
1: where does defense rank in the NBA?
0: Times because are we changing. We have coaches.
1: We have coaches really coaching up the defenses. Like Chris that's gonna,
0: times yeah. are changing because if you notice all these young kids coming in, mm-hmm. they're playing D. They have to to get the, on the court. The Thompson twins, their D is pretty locked down. I mean, um, granted, I, I'm gonna get this Amen wrong is hurt. Yeah, Amen is in Detroit. He's-
1: no, Amen is in Houston. Amen is in Houston. In- he was
0: hurt, but he was getting in the G League time. He wasn't even on the court. And then answer, his defense is awesome, but he can't shoot a three for anything.
1: Right. But also, you know, when... I mean, offense is is crazy right now. But we also are in these different routines now with coaching and the G League. Even when they have rehab assignments, where you have to like take a thousand threes a game in practice or shoot around. So everybody seems to be able to to shoot now. And even if you're a quote unquote, an offensive liability, like a Bruce Brown, even Bruce Brown can go out there and score 30 points. So I feel like now having, and you said this too, when we were talking about the importance of wings, when we were talking about Jaden McDaniels and Jared Vanderbilt and, and a Bruce Brown is that the reason why those guys, those Swiss army knife players are now important is because it used to be that you couldn't have just a good defender on the court anymore because their their offense is if their offense is devoid, then the other lineup is just gonna absolutely kill them in the plus minus, like PJ Tucker. The younger players now, Adam, are kind of they know this and they they know they have to play defense, but they're also really working on their shot. I feel like a lot of these younger players are better at taking threes, long story short.
0: No everybody takes threes now. There's yeah, there's no getting
1: better at it. Like the percentage is not going down.
0: There's no mid range game anymore.
1: Mm-mm. But like these guys, like the PJ Tuckers of the world, who just like, yeah, I can average five points a game and start. Well, no, you can't. But I think we're at a point now where even if you're a solid defender, you could probably scrap together a 10 point game, 10 point per game average. Not really. Yeah, but you can. Look at the offense right now.
0: Look at Jaden McDaniels in Minnesota. He is a lockdown defender but he scores like three points a game. He Mm -hmm. doesn't take any threes. He doesn't do much. Um, We had hoped in, in Indiana, Obi Toppin would do something.
1: Look at the Lakers. His numbers are sort of, look what the Lakers did to the Pacers. They just threw a bunch of like long arm wings at him, like Cam Reddish and people like that. You know, that, it could, and it's not that it works every time, but it worked for that one matchup Um, that I thought that was one of the reasons why the, the Pelicans were looking better leading up to the tournament. Trey Murphy, the third is back and you got this long arm guy who can make threes and you got Herb Jones there disrupting people. That's huge, Adam. That is enormous to have in a team on a team, especially when you get to the playoffs. I wonder if coaching is just more, more pivotal now than it used to be because of the fact that, you got to push them and motivate them to want to play defense. And that is the coach's job. So you got like the Chris Finch. I called him the Chris Finch. Like I'm in, like, he's like a robot and, in Minnesota, Jamal Mosley in Orlando, uh, Mark Daniel in uh, Oklahoma city. It feels like all these teams are starting to really like play both ways.
0: Yeah. Which is about time because just, I mean, the league has to keep changing and keep. Are you evolving. still a believer in
1: the, are you still a believer in the thunder? Yeah. Yeah. They're a second seed right now in the in the Western Conference behind. That
0: them. that means nothing.
1: I know that. But what do you think they'll hang on? Like, do you think they'll be in the mix?
0: Of course they'll be in the mix.
1: I mean, but, are you afraid? Now, now, here's the thing about Josh Getty. A lot of people are talking about the legal situation, of course. We're not going to delve into that. I'm worried about the fact that people have figured out the Ben Simmons treatment of him. It was like, hey, uh, don't try to get too close on him. Just play a zone against him because he can't make outside shots.
0: Basically, and that's why they're going to Case and Wallace. And mm-hmm. that's why the talk of, you know, maybe Giddy might, you might need to move to improve this team.
1: Right, it's just right. like, yeah,
0: well, you, you, you invested you, a, six Giddy's pick, a you really, really, six.
1: really good player. Like I had, I had already anticipated that once they go into the summer, they would have to rookie max him.
0: Yeah. They, and then now, and, and then now look, all of a sudden he's expendable. Mm-hmm. How quick things change.
1: <laughs> well, there might be an ulterior motive to that, but we're not going to go there. Are you looking forward to kind of like getting back to the regular routine now that the tournament is actually completely removed?
0: Well, now we're getting close to the Christmas games, and we'll... And we there's will that point. Be...
1: There's, like, the NFL's around. Like, they actually have a game, a Saturday coming up where there's three NFL games. Why, I don't fucking know. But, the, like, we're, we're getting to that point where, you know, basketball sort of takes over. They sort of take the forefront because football is slowly trickling away. The Saints' playoffs hopes trickled away a long time
0: ago. <laughs> we're not going to even go into them.
1: So, we are
0: taking Christmas off, so
1: mm-hmm. I will
0: get your predictions... Milwaukee yeah. or New York?
1: I'll go in Milwaukee. He usually ever since he did that thing where he jumped. Who did he jump over? I always forget that Nick that that Giannis jumped over. I, I don't know why, but um, ever since he did that, he always likes to make an example out of a uh, out of the Knicks. I don't know why. On Christmas, Warriors Nuggets. Uh, is it in Golden State or is it in Denver? I believe It's in Denver. Then I'll take the Nuggets. The den the Nuggets are really good at home. Celtics Lakers. Mm, I'll take the Celtics there. I think Brown and Tatum are just going to give them problems.
0: 76 ers Heat.
1: <laughs> these are good matchups, man. Like I'm. Yeah, it's actually... a
0: Christmas so, slate. This is their. I know, but there have, have been Christmas slates go-to. that have
1: been there. I mean, Omicron don't count because everybody was had head the flu. But like most, some of these Christmas slates suck including especially the early ones. All of these are good. All these teams are playoff teams. That's why that's the way the league is designed now, Adam. All these teams are good. Uh, I'll go with the Sixers on the road.
0: And then finally, Maverick Suns.
1: This will be where Bradley Beal debuts and they win. And the Suns win.
0: All righty. Anything else?
1: No, I mean, it's been fun, like with a lot of the with a lot of the performances. was, Was there one like notable guy where you were like, man, that guy really stuck out? Even in the last week or so.
0: Halliburton had his coming out party, which is all... Um,
1: Miles Bridges looks good. He is going to be a highly sought-after free agent. I understand the legal issues, but they're behind him now. He will be a highly sought-after... Which is what I had said in the previews as well. No, he's, he's good. And Kawhi Leonard is showing signs of life of being that elite player again.
0: Well, that's kidding. it. took the Clippers time to get their team together. So Westbrook knew he had to, he wouldn't fit in this equation. Westbrook's only getting like 18, 15 minutes. So James a game Harden's
1: now. averaging less than 20 points a game, I want to say. It's crazy. I but mean, they're look, winning. They are. They are. They're are turning it
0: around. So it's, they're all healthy. They're winning. They're figuring it out, which they're doing on the fly. All they could do is just stay because currently, right now, in the quarter season, there's four or five games separating number two number of eleven seeds
1: yeah the so only weird one bad
0: we can only, take you out
1: the only weird thing in the east is that we have a stretch we have a batch of teams that are three games under and then we have a batch of teams that are three games over so there's like a five game separation which i i don't know if that's gonna really like separate itself even more uh we'll see but i did find that interesting that um because i think the cutoff there is that the hawks are a losing team but the, the heat are like three games over um just interesting. Oh, I think one of those teams that are under 500, like the Bulls, the Raptors, the Hawks, I think they can make one more push. So All right. All right. Merry
0: Christmas to you, sir.
1: Yes, Merry Christmas and, to all uh, the listeners, and Merry Christmas to you as well. Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hoopsgiving, whatever you want to call this <laughs> this uh, NBA time frame of uh, watching Christmas games, you know.
0: And yeah, we should be back in the, the new year. So yep. uh, awesome. All righty. So for Andrew Reesh, I'm Adam Murray. Have a good one.
1: Take care, y'all.